Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal. Ed, how you doing, man? Freezing my ass off in Jersey. Uh, but happy, uh, happy. Uh, what do they call today? The first UFC birthday? UFC day? Yes, whatever that's it is. right. November yeah. 12th, or, uh, yeah, November 12th, 1993. So the, what are we at? Day, 26 years. The day when the definition of fighting for sport changed i mean back in you know we used to call boxing are you you know fight night and now it's uh now when you when you say fighting you have to make sure you you uh, refer to the proper rule set (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah rule sets we got rules all over the place these days between ufc boxing bkfc pretty spoiled these days but uh quintet submission grappling yeah uh, it, it just never seems to end but Last week, we didn't really get a chance to uh, delve into UFC 244. Um, we talked a little bit about it with our guests, but uh, obviously there was a little bit of controversy with the main event stoppage uh, due to a cut on uh, the right eye of Nick Diaz, or I'm sorry, Nate Nate Diaz. Um, what was your take on that? How did How did you see it? Well, I, 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 uh, I kind of went through what everyone else went through, especially... I mean, not that I was at the event, but, you know, everyone in the East Coast and everyone I was watching at the my local watering hole. But, you know, it was one of those things where where the marketing hype had you so into the fight that especially with what they had on the, the BMF thing on the line, you know, they kind of like made you expect an all out war. And then once it starts turning into one, the doctor steps in and stops it. And you're like, is it? Are you are you really a bad motherfucker if the doctor comes in and stops it? You know what I mean? But um, you know, so I was upset about the stoppage at first, but then once I calmed down and 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 you know, reeled back my own fanboyness, I was like, "You know what? Looking at the cut afterwards and 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 all the photos and everything, I was like, that was a good stoppage. You know, nobody wants Nate to lose his eye or risk losing his eye and you know, these officials, they're in there to protect these these guys from their own competitive nature. So, um, you know, after I calmed down, I was like, all right, yeah, it's, it's fine. The stoppage was fine. It was a good event for the garden. It broke another record. I forget. I think they're, they're number two or three behind themselves. Now the UFC at the garden, as far as gate and attendance goes, I'm sure they did good on pay-per-views because, uh, the place I watch the fights at is normally not that packed, but you know, this was, this is, was equivalent to, uh, a McGregor Rousey type of, uh, you know, the casual, the casuals rolled in for this. So, um, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. So, uh, I would like to see it again in a, in a, in a state that handles the sport better, <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, I, I hate to be the East coast guy and talk, talk junk about my own, uh, East coast, uh, you know, the New York state athletic commission. But I mean, it, one thing I do have to say is that they definitely handle the sport as if it just dropped in their lap the day of the event so but that's that's that yeah i mean i don't it's become a trend with new york so it's easy to pick on that um as far as uh them canceling fights and some of the stoppages we've seen and stuff but i'm not so sure that doesn't get stopped in other states um we really should have the fight doc on to to get a professional opinion from somebody on the outside uh 
that that deals with cuts and stuff like that. But oh, yeah. for, for me, it didn't, um, you know, it's not like it's something that happened 15, 20 seconds into a fight, even one round into a fight. We got three rounds of action. Masvidal was kicking his ass. Um, I think the fanboys uh, of Nate, uh, Nate Diaz like to bring up, well, he had the fourth and fifth round and that's when he makes his move. I mean, I think that's a good talking point, but I think reality, reality is he was getting his ass kicked and he was more likely to end up getting finished or knocked out uh, in, in the fourth or fifth round. Uh, Masvidal really hadn't taken any damage at all. So we got three rounds. I think Masvidal's clearly at this point in their careers, the better fighter. Uh, something that can happen again down the line as you talk about a rematch. I don't want to see it immediately. I think everything's lined up too well for Masvidal. Yeah. Usman and uh, Covington fight coming up uh, on December 14th. So really you got the number one contender and then you got the championship fight happening within a month of each other. I think it would be a mistake on the UFC's part. Uh, no. Unless you want to get somebody like Leon Edwards or something in there. But right now Masvidal is the hot name. It makes most sense for him to fight the winner of, of Usman Covington in December. Set that up for like uh, March or so. Keep yeah. the division on, on a steady roll. Uh, you know, if for me, I do Diaz versus uh, McGregor. Seems like the perfect time to really make that rematch. I'm not really too high on uh, McGregor right now. I think I'm pretty much with the the world of MMA. We kind of just like you just did right there, kind of brush your shoulder. Yeah, up and just kinda, yeah. You know, just kind of kind of let it go. He's kind of yeah. run his course, and, and there's a lot of talk. But yeah, as far, does... as, as far as McGregor goes, I'd like I I don't care the reason behind it. I'd like to see him fight Justin Gaethje. This from from my I, own. Uh... I think I think that's the 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 violent uh, just bleed uh, Ed talking right there, and <laughs> yeah. that makes sense. I mean that's a, that's a fun fight and just bleed um, Ed. <laughs> yeah, just bleed Ed. But uh, I think that I think that fight makes a lot of sense uh, ranking wise, even though there's it's not really doesn't make any sense really why McGregor's still even ranked at this point. Um, he hasn't fought in the UFC in what are we at two two and a half years it's, something like that now. Yeah, yeah, we're going on three years. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that's ridiculous in itself. Um, I know he had the boxing bout with uh, Mayweather where he made a ton of money. Yeah, but that doesn't uh, count. <laughs> but that doesn't count, you know, when we're yeah. talking rankings and stuff for UFC. Plus, he got knocked out in that fight, so it's not as if uh, he's been on some tremendous roll outside of the, the octagon cage. So yeah, uh, who knows? But I mean, to me, it makes kind of sense to do the DS trilogy if you just want to get uh, McGregor in there against somebody that they can sell and do it. I know they're talking Cowboy Cerrone. Um, Fight had a lot of steam maybe like a year ago for me, but right now it kind of seems to have doled down a little bit with Cerrone yeah. losing his last couple of fights. And um, I don't know. It just doesn't really do much for me. And as a main event fight, it just, it, assuming it's a main event fight, it seems no. like it's a little, a little bit dull. Um, I mean, me, looking at the way, you know, um, you saw how they released Gilbert Melendez uh, yesterday, I think it was on, on Veterans Day. Uh-huh. Um so, uh, so uh, I, I, he, in his release, he said something along the lines as like, you know, they have different plans, and I have different plans as far as uh, what the UFC wants to do and what I want to do as a fighter. And I think that that's that's just underlying how like I mean, their rankings haven't mattered in a while. So I'm saying all that just to, because I'm looking. We always look at, especially. I mean, I don't know about you, but we we talk about it enough on this podcast and privately between you and i but like international fight week is like their their super bowl week so why not just uh you know do if if you're gonna do masvidal and uh diaz again you know you could do that on on international fight week and i'm sure that would 
that would make for for a lot of you know for a lot of fanfare on a week where you want it. So I mean, they could reserve it for the, for then uh, if they want to. Even even regardless of what happens in December, like you said, if he fights uh, the winner of Usman and Covington. But yeah, man, I mean that's that's what I think. That's what I that's my prediction. I have no no no, you know, I have no no juice behind it. I just I see that as a, as a business move. Well, I mean, assuming Masvidal does fight the winner in like uh, you know the first quarter of the year, that would set it up for a summer for a second fight of 2020. Yeah. Um, and that would, that could be a possible fight. I think Diaz has to win a fight between now and then, um, a McGregor, a, a, a Gagey, um, well, Gagey's lightweight. Um, we're talking, we're talking 170. So, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps Diaz, uh, you know, one guy who really stood out to me and I know, uh, we're all both a fan of his, he was a guest on the show and somebody really needed to win was Steven Thompson. And yeah. I thought, uh, in my mind, uh, other than maybe Masvidal, just because it was the main event, he kind of was the star of, of, uh, of 244 for me. He put on a tremendous show, really looked like as good as we've ever seen him. So he quickly kind of uh, gets back into that mix. There's some guys he has a win over Masvidal, which obviously is in his favor. Uh, and then you got – so there's some matchups there that all of a sudden can start to uh, – can start to develop, especially Pettis lost his, uh, his fight to Diaz. So all, he kind of fell down the rankings a little bit, kind of opened back up the door. Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to see Thompson Woodley, um, but really he's uh, maybe a fight with Leon Edwards or something uh, away from being right back in the mix. Um, especially with the destruction he put on Vince, Vicente Luque. But, um, that was two forty four. Uh, Darren Till picked up a kind of a, Boring split decision over Gaslam. Big win for Till. Uh, Derek Lewis uh, picked up another decision over Blagoy Ivanov. I didn't see that fight going that way. I thought Ivanov won the fight. Um, I think oh, the, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, The New York yeah, crowd yeah. kind of influenced the judges there a little bit. Um, it wasn't a robbery in a huge sense of the way, but I just had Ivanov. I, I thought Ivanov clearly won two of the rounds. Yeah, no, it was uh, – I mean, the folks I were watching with, too – we're kind of like, what the hell was that? You know? Um, yeah, no. I had Ivanov winning too. I don't know what they count anymore. Again, it's like that. I swear, uh, every time they hold an event, I mean, it, it, they act like it's the first time, like the ban just got lifted, you know, the day before. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, I, I just think that there's always been, uh, there's always been bad decisions in, in combat sports. And now we just have so many fights that uh we we see them all yeah but you you would think you'd see less because there's so much more compared to what we had you know talking about the first ufc you know what i mean like all this time that's passed you would think you you would think we'd see less but we see it more and and every time i mean even leading up to the thing with that event with the whole you saw they find uh uh kelvin gaslin rafael cordero and Corey anderson for celebrating like it's just like what the hell's going on i mean uh Actually, I, 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 I saw a lot of folks say, like, you know what, New York, you could just put the band back on the sport. And you yeah. don't have to come back here. I, I, I don't believe he was fined for celebrating. And I don't mean to. I, I believe the fine was for him roughing up the referee at the end of that fight when the referee steps oh, in to yeah, stop yeah, yeah. it. Uh, he, so either way, though, we've, we've seen much worse and a $10,000 fine to a guy who's honestly not making that much money. Um, I, I don't remember the payouts, but I don't, I don't think he was one of the guys making several hundred thousand. Um, mm. So that was kind of over the top. Uh, Kevin Lee also had an impressive performance. Huge knockout of Gregor Gillespie. Um, didn't really see that happening, but uh, he looked outstanding. And as I yeah. said, the aforementioned Corey Anderson uh, 
KO TKO finish of uh, Johnny Walker in a bit of another upset. Um, but other than that, exciting fight card for you in New York there. Uh, I think the UFC was pretty successful not having a title fight on the card. Uh, I don't think you can do that very often. I think it depends on the names and the, and who can help really help promote the fight. And obviously, when you got Diaz and Masvidal, you got two of the the better kind of smack talkers in modern day MMA mm-hmm. that can uh, that can carry the card. But that was uh, that was a couple weeks ago. Um, this past Saturday, I didn't catch a lot of the card. Uh, had some family obligations, but Zabit uh, Megomed Shapirov uh, picked up a unanimous decision win over Kelvin Qatar. Um, I, I saw a lot of people online saying uh, Zabit basically was gassing and should have been a five round fight and all that. But uh, I don't see how you can really blame Zabit. Uh, I, I know Cater uh, was the, is kind of the, uh, the fan favorite right now um, among a lot of the internet crowd and, and rightfully deserved, but uh, Zabit in, in his hometown of Russia uh, three round fight uh, is tough to beat. I don't blame him for not taking a five round fight. This fight was made the main event about what week and a half, two weeks yeah. prior to the the event itself. He's been training for a three round fight with with Calvin for uh, shoot about three or four months now, as it was previously scheduled for the UFC Boston card. But uh, Zabit picks up a big win, moving him up the ladder, moves to sixteen and one. I'm sorry, eighteen and one. Uh, so be interesting to see where where he goes from here. Yeah, no, um, I, I had him picked to win, but um, I don't know. I guess I was com- I was looking for a more competitive fight uh, from that, but that's not really what stood out to me. What stood out to me from that event, uh, from what I saw the highlights, was because, again, that was on during the day. I was actually out training myself, so I, I caught just the highlights and, and, and uh, aftermath after that. But um, uh, <clears throat> Greg Hardy versus uh, what's-his-face, uh, Vol- uh Alexander Volkov. Alexander Volkov, yeah. Um, that fight, I was I was surprised that I I thought Volkov would have uh, ran through him, and um, it was a decision, and and I was just kind of like, you know, I was glad I was glad that he that Volkov still won, but I was kind of like, are you are you kidding me? Like, like uh, is Greg Hardy either? I mean, I know everybody hates Greg Hardy, but I was like, is he really that tough that that this guy couldn't put him away? I mean. Uh, I don't know Volkov in his UFC run uh, hasn't given what I was expecting when he got there. I'm not going to be that hard on the guy. Um, he is what uh, looks like five and one in the UFC now. Uh, he's only lost to Derek Lewis, a fight he was winning up until the last ten seconds of the fight. Uh, he's got a that was a weird there. fight though. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, like I was, I was like, what are you know, doing? Like. Uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if he has that finishing uh, kind of killer instinct per se. Uh, I think I think we like to give Hardy a tough time, and we've talked about it a little bit. We kind of avoided him in the beginning because of the the off the outside the cage stuff before he became uh, an MMA fighter. But now that he's had what seven fights in the UFC, some eight fights. I, I don't even know with all of his. But he had five fights in the last year. I think we got to give the guy a little bit of credit um, for being a tough dude who mm-hmm. obviously has some skills. He's in the heavyweight division. I don't know if his skills would uh, translate if he was in a lighter weight division. But in the heavyweights, uh, if you're a tough guy who's got some defense and 
got a strong enough punch to keep your opponents uh, on guard, uh, I think you can make a career for yourself. Um, with that said, I, I thought Volkov would get the finish as well. I thought he'd actually do it pretty quick. Hit him with the head kick, um, hit him with some good kicks, and did some damage to Hardy. Uh, like I said, I just think Hardy turned out to be tougher, uh, a little bit better fighter than we wanted to initially give him credit for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's a tremendous athlete, uh, NFL player, you know, uh, great college player. You know, he's, he's always been at the top of his uh, athletic uh, competition that he's always been in. So, uh, you know, I don't think he's ever going to be a UFC heavyweight champion, but I think that uh, Hardy can give some good fights. Um, and and I think Volkov really is a threat to, to some of these guys, especially uh, with DC winding down his career. Uh, Volkov for Stipe is an interesting stylistic matchup. Uh, yeah. you get two taller, kind of lankier strikers. Uh, Volkov uses his height and reach very well, so he might be. Able, it might not be the most pretty fight, might not be the most exciting fight, uh, but if he really uses his technique, I think he could cause a lot of problems for a lot of heavyweights. Um, probably get a lot of decision wins, but I think he can get a lot of wins um, with, with with doing that. So. Uh, that that was interesting. Um, Ed Herman picks up a win. Danny Roberts picks up a win. Couple of the other, uh, couple of the other notable names uh, on that card in Moscow. Uh, then later in that day, or actually, I'm sorry, it was the night before Friday night. Bellator 233 was held in Oklahoma. Uh, they did their sweep through the uh, Thackerville Windstar Arena. Uh, main event: John Salter. Uh, beat Costello, mm-hmm. Van Stinas, uh unanimous decision, fight Salter, uh, controlled for the most part, but in the last round, uh, a little bit into the second round, and then the last round was in some severe danger. Uh, Van Stinas didn't really, um, how can I say this, didn't use the greatest fight IQ, I would say. Um, I think that was a pretty good uh, uh, thought, at least on the Twitter world, is how they saw it. Uh, had a, He kind of just played into Salter's game where, where he allowed Salter to get a hold of him when yeah. they were in grappling situations. He didn't push away. He allowed Salter to reverse him a couple times when he should have stood up, had Salter hurt on the feet. And, uh, you know, if it was a five round fight, I, I think Vincinus, uh probably ends up pulling out some kind of TKO finish, but um, Salter picks up the win, moves to 17 and four and uh, really has been a uh, top contender in, in, uh, in Bellator now for the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually pick, had him picked to win. So I didn't, I mean, I, I thought he could pull off at least like a sub finish or something, but I didn't see him losing that fight. Um, one of the, one of the things obviously that we, we shouldn't uh, bypass the event is, uh, you know, that was King Mo's last fight and he lost a, you know, a guy, he lost in a way we were kind of, you know, you always hope these guys can, at least walk away from the sport with a win. I, I know he said that was going to be his last fight. And, uh, you know, obviously he got knocked out uh, in the first round against uh, Capel, Capel. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, the guy he lost to, but. Yeah. 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 Anyways, yeah, Andrew Capel um, yeah. moved to 15 and 6. He's on a nice little winning streak. Uh, it's a five fight win streak for him. Um, and obviously the biggest name on his resume now is, is King Mo on the wall. It's a shame. Uh, I, I think it was a retirement fight in theory, no matter what. But it would have been nice yeah. to see Lawal pick up the win and perhaps get on the year end uh, uh, one of the Ryzen or, or Bellator cards. So he could kind of he started his career in, in Japan. It would have been kind of cool to give him the chance to 
to wrap it up there. But oh yeah, uh, that would have been yeah. Been nice you know, too. I think the guy's done pretty well making money coaching. <laughs> uh, he was always he was kind of the one of the original money weight guys. Uh, fought mm-hmm. everything from from middleweight to heavyweight. Fought anybody they put in front of him. Um, so good career. Uh, some ups and downs. Uh, world champion in strike force at one point. Uh, top contender everywhere he ever fought. So, uh, yeah. you know, hats off to him. Good career and, uh, wish the, wish the best for him. Uh, also on that main card, uh, Arlene Blenkow, who you, uh, you interviewed, uh, picked up a unanimous decision, close fight with Leslie Smith, uh, former UFC fighter, uh, and, uh, Leslie Smith, her last loss coming into this fight was against Chris Cyborg. So, uh, Blenkow picks up the big win. Yeah. And, uh, I'm really wondering put yourself in good position. Exactly. Yeah. So that's one of the things I talked to her about. I don't know if you saw the interview. Or, um, but uh, she pretty much she said that she was uh, it was she was one of the names that came up as uh, Cyborg's first opponent. Obviously, with Bud as the champion, they're given that. But she she uh, the last thing she said she's under, she feels she gets the winner of uh, Bud and Cyborg. I don't know if she uh, said anything at the end of the. Because I watch these in bars, so I don't get to hear what they say when they talk to them at the end of the event. I, I know I could look it up on their YouTube, though, because they put it up in the highlights. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I feel like she's definitely somebody that maybe is not getting getting pushed enough. Uh, and that win probably cemented her. But, you know, with the the other thing she told, she mentioned to me was with uh, Kat, them signing Kat Zingano. We have no idea what Bellator is going to do. And... Um, one of the things uh, Scott Coker mentioned for 2020 is that he does want to do a, some sort of women's Grand Prix. He didn't mention which weight class, um, but he he definitely said that's something for us to look forward to. I wouldn't be surprised if it's that weight class with all the names they have in, in that weight class. So um, I don't mind that, you know what I mean? Because then they all they all get to fight regularly and get to get paid and stuff. And then obviously with the big prize at the end of uh, being a champion and Maybe if 50 Cent wants to throw his uh, nasty cha- champagne money in that, you know what I mean? <laughs> they can get a million yeah, dollars, not, too. I mean, I think it's a good idea for that weight class. Um, the world still really isn't super familiar with the 145-pounders, um, other than Cyborg historically. And obviously, Nunes, who, who defeated Cyborg, um, kind of outside of her normal 135-pound class. Uh, hardcore fans obviously know Julia Budd. She's been around a while and won a lot of fights. Uh, looking at Blinkow's record, it's it's actually pretty damn impressive. Yeah, um, six and two in her last uh, eight fights. Her two losses were both to Julia Budd, who was the Bellator champion. Uh, one by majority decision, and the other one by split decision. So yeah. she was basically one judge away on uh, on those two fights from being on a huge winning streak with two wins over the current champion. Uh, so seeing that now, I mean, obviously she's on a three fight winning streak. Now mm-hmm. a couple good wins over Amber LeBrock, Amber, uh, Amanda Bell and, and Leslie Smith. Uh, seems like she, she kind of falls into place for the winner of cyborg and, uh, and bud. Um, obviously as you say, Zingano could throw some stuff off there. Um, mm-hmm. perhaps Bellator won't want to do uh blend cow, uh, bud three so quick. So I, if, if I'm Blenkow, I'm probably pulling for Cyborg uh, because that's a fresh matchup and, and an easy one for them to uh, to move along with. But big win for her. Uh, hopefully we can get her on the show again and uh, and uh, look forward to her next fight. And uh, 
She'll, yeah. I imagine she's just going to wait till January to see what happens in that title fight. I wouldn't be surprised if she's in the crowd because uh, I tried to get her on actually for this week. She she was uh, so her she goes <laughs> Australia, California, then Oklahoma. So she's got to do all that in reverse. And I know she was in California over the weekend. So, um, but yeah, well, I mean, we'll 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 try and get a hold of her maybe closer to that uh, event to get her on the on the podcast. But definitely, uh, that's definitely something she sees herself in that. So, and I I honestly think the matchup. You, you talked about a fresh matchup, the Blenkow and Cyborg. I feel like that's a, a tough fight. Um, just af- from what we've seen from her, I mean, she's got to be. She's definitely, to my opinion, she's one of the women that, with a boxing background, that transitioned it really well to MMA. That's been giving a lot of a lot of her opponents trouble, especially with her output. So uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing that fight at all. <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense and. Uh... And then again, depending on maybe if uh, if Cyborg does pick up the win, you do that fight, and then you can do uh, Zingano versus Bud. Kind of if you don't do a huge tournament, that sets you up kind of a, a four woman little tournament right there mm-hmm. uh, with some fresh matchups. Uh, really, you know, kind of no matter what um, unfolds. Worst case, you end up with Cyborg uh, versus Bud. You know, I mean, you, you got rematches because some of these people have fought each other, but um, yeah, it, it would be the top four 145 pounders. I think is pretty clear right now. Yeah. Under the Bellator banner. So that wraps us up with last week. Uh, we get to this weekend, uh, and it never slows down. Uh, we got UFC, we got Bellator, <laughs> and we got BKFC. Uh, Bellator 234 heads to Israel, um, Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv, Israel, for uh, Sergey Karatanov uh, against Linton Vassell. Vassell going up to heavyweight again. Uh, <laughs> guy's crazy, man. Uh, Sergey Karatanov is an animal. Um, we uh, is that another one that's going to be teleclass like during the day, and then they show it at Paramount at night. Yeah, I think it's got some kind of weird things, but it is on yeah. Paramount at night. But um, but yeah, uh, you know, huge knockout win uh, for Karatanov in his in his previous bout against Mitrione. Uh, before that, took out Roy Nelson. Uh, he's got knockouts to Joy Beltron and. Geronimo Dos Santos and Sokaju, Chase Gormley, like I said, his only loss in the last uh, few years was uh, actually his only loss since 2012 um, is when he got caught by uh, Javi Ayala. So um, he continues to put beatings on people even in his uh, latter years when a lot of people thought he was was on the downside. But yeah, when he's not getting kicked in the nuts. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and you got Vassal who. Who uh, is a couple-time title contender at uh, 205? Just could never quite get under that over that hump. However, he's on a three-fight winning streak now. He's lost to some killers: uh, Moldovsky, Phil Davis, and uh, Ryan Bader. Uh, but, uh, oh man, seems like a tough challenge for him here. If you're asking me uh, to go up to heavyweight and have to uh, look across the cage at Sergey Karatanov. Yeah, no, that's that's a hard one. I, I mean. Uh... Especially like you said, it's him moving up. So I kind of, I kind of side with the guy that's more comfortable there, you know. Especially when it's on the other side of the world. But that's kind of his side of the world too. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just curious to see what what kind of size Vassell comes in at. Uh, I can't recall what he weighed in at his last heavyweight fight, but um, if he's not somewhere in the two. 35 to 40 range. And I feel like Karatanov's going to have a ton of size on him. So, mm-hmm. 
interesting matchup. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Roger Huerta's on the card. Austin Vanderford. Um, the Gozali father and son are on the card. Uh, Olga Rubin's on the card. Uh, speaking of 145ers, she's fighting Sinead Kavanaugh. Uh, Hobson Gracie Jr., 2-0, uh, continues to try to work his way up. Um, so, interesting card. I don't know, like, as you say, how it lays out. I think they use the app. Um, to watch and, it. And then... Yeah, so it's kind of it's kind of crazy. But, but basically, uh, come the normal fight time on... Uh, why am I seeing Thursday? I wonder if it's that tape delayed. Um, uh, Tapology has it listed as a Thursday event, so uh, which is the 14th. When is the 14th? He's 12th. So it is a Thursday event. So it's actually taped delayed a whole day, which is obviously not something to be super uh, yeah, you're, yeah. fan of. I'm assuming that that'll broadcast Friday on Paramount. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. An uh, odd Thursday uh, fight for for Bellator. Um, I mean, it might work out for me because I actually do want to – we didn't mention it when we were talking about what we're looking at this weekend, but, uh, you know, LFA's new home is on UFC Fight Pass, and I still have a Fight Pass subscription. Subscription. <laughs> so, so I'll be watching LFA's first event on Fight Pass. Uh, I don't know who the main event is, but Haley Cowan is on that card, and I'm in love with that chick, so I'll be watching that. <laughs> Not super familiar with her, but I will have to check that out. Um so yeah, LFA. That what's up? <laughs> I said she's beautiful. <laughs> uh, she's, yeah. she's actually a good fighter too. <clears throat> now that you say that name, I think I maybe do know. Um, but uh, how how was her name spelled? Haley Cowan. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, on the, she's co-main event. I think on LFA was that fifty-seven or. Or seventy-eight. Or with, with, I don't remember. Uh, the okay, yeah, not not too bad there, Ed. So might be tuning <laughs> myself to LFA on Friday. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so so LFA Friday got a deal with Fight Pass, as you say. So that's cool for them. Kind of what we uh, I think figured was going to uh, happen uh, when when they were dropped from uh, Access. Uh, yeah. Funny thing is, Access seems to be picking up Combate, uh, yeah. which is which is yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah. Kombati's really been all over the world when it comes to their broadcasts. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't so we'll, know. we'll know. We know we can watch them on in on Axis next year. So that's good to know. Yeah. Uh, so, that, so that's Bellator Tel Aviv Thursday slash Friday. Uh, UFC travels back to Brazil um, for Jan Blakovic versus Jacare Souza. Interesting matchup, one I didn't really see coming down the pike here. Uh, Jacare uh, coming off of a uh, loss to uh, Jack Hermanson, and obviously uh, Jan with his uh, last couple big wins, including the devastating knockout of uh, Luke Rockholt uh, last July in Vegas. Uh, before that, he did lose to Tiago Santos, but uh, he was on a nice little run prior to that with Windsor That's Academy right. Here. This was the... Uh... This was the card. I don't mean to jump around, but this was the card that Shogun was supposed to fight uh, Alvi on, wasn't it? Correct. So Alvi yeah. broke his hand in training. Paul Craig steps in. Actually, a pretty interesting fight. Um, mm-hmm. That's the co-main event. Shogun Hua, Paul Craig, uh, Charles Oliveira, uh, De Bronx fights Jared Gordon. Kind of an interesting thing. Oliveira's on a five-fight win streak. Uh, can't seem to ever get a ranked opponent, though. Um, I don't know if people are afraid to fight him. 
I'm not really sure where he is. He's the all-time leader in submissions in UFC history, and uh, he just can't seem to get a uh, high-ranking fight. Uh, I mean, I know when he generally gets them, they don't. He tends to lose them, which mm-hmm. perhaps is something. Maybe he's <laughs> he's not jumping at it, but uh, interesting. I mean, some it's weird how UFC and some, you know, a guy like Hardy who just fights here and there fights guys that nobody's ever heard of all of a sudden gets a main event given it's last minute, but he gets to fight one of the top, you know, five heavyweights in the world where Oliveira has been around a long time, 27 and eight five fight win streak. And, um, Jared goes, no joke. He's 15 and three. Um, yeah, but it, it you see off his nails too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You just think he'd be fighting somebody else. So he, 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 he no tap to a Sulo have stretch. That's tough as nails in my book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then you got the normal run of uh, Brazilians on their card: Henan Barral, <laughs> yeah. uh, Trinaldo, uh, Sergio Marais, uh, you know, names like that. So it's it's the kind of the Bra- typical Brazil card here in Sao Paulo. Uh, good main event, though. Um, yeah, I I think it's uh, find out where uh, Blakovic stands in this, uh, where he really stands, because a, a big win over Susan. Now, given Souza historically is uh, middleweight. So this is a heavyweight. Blakovich will be huge compared to him. Middleweights haven't been super successful moving up lately with, uh, well, some of them did. They started off hot with Smith and, and Santos, but uh, Weidman and uh, Rockholt haven't uh, exactly carried that torch uh, very well in the last few months. So we'll see where Souza goes from here. Um, you know, interesting fight. I, I, I'd like to see uh, Jacare pull it off, but I don't know if, uh, if he's going to be able to, uh, I don't know. I don't know how he wins, honestly, uh, unless he catches him in some kind of triangle choke or something where, where Jan's not able to, to muscle out of it, but should be a good fight. That's, uh, that's Saturday on, uh, on ESPN plus, um, 12 bout card. So that'll be interesting. And then, uh, Saturday night later on, uh, BKFC, our favorite sport, the bare knuckle fighting championship. <laughs> Yeah, is uh is quickly running back uh, one of their their greatest fight of all time, I guess at least their bloodiest, most violent fight of all time. Artem Lovov, Jason Knight, uh, go at it again here in Mississippi. Uh, not really much else to say about it. Uh, Chase Sherman, Joey Breltron, co-main event uh, for the heavyweight title, but you know they're always entertaining. Sometimes they're a little bit uh, cringy. Sometimes they're a little bit, uh, you know, well, they're violent. It's bare knuckle fighting, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, 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 I don't see it living up to the first fight is basically what I'm trying to say, I guess. I, I it could, could, there could be a lot of blood still, but that first fight was a back and forth war. I do know that um, I didn't do the interviews, uh, but the folks over at the, one of the sites I contribute to, Front Proof Media, uh, spoke with have interviews with uh, Lobov, Knight, and Sherman. Um, so those will probably should be worth checking out leading up to uh, Saturday night. Um, I mean, if if anything, I mean, Lobov is shining at, at BAFC versus, uh, you know, his MMA career. And, um, you know, if anything, I mean, uh, maybe uh, – Hey, maybe this could be the thing for him, if, and he could be the uh, the face of BKFC if he get if he gets another win overnight uh, on uh, you know this weekend. But like you said, man, I mean it's it's one of those things like people people are are it's cringy because of the blood and and 
maybe the promotion is a little bit, you know, the marketing isn't the best outside, you know, to pull in casuals. But, uh, you know, so was uh, it's funny I'm saying this on this on the day the way we started the show. But I mean, neither was the UFC when it first came out. So if BKFC is is, is slow, slowly, you know, catching, uh, you know, some ground, gaining some ground when gaining fans with every event. It could be a slow and steady race, but I mean, this would definitely be the time for uh, Loboff to shine. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think the the thing with, uh, I mean, the, one of the big complaints obviously is that their fighter stable is a lot of older UFC guys who are on the backside of their career, um, and they don't necessarily know where the future is. I think that, uh, I mean, I it's obviously harder to put together like tournaments and grand prix, but when they yeah. first started off, they had a couple tournaments, and I think that was kind of good into uh, introduce some new guys. Um, mm-hmm. I've said it several times on the show, probably enough to make some people sick, but tournaments, uh, can create a star in one night. And I'm not yeah. saying necessarily an overnight turn or, you know, one day eight man tournament, but, uh, over, over a couple months, you set up a eight, 16 man grand prix. Uh, it doesn't matter who the people are. They don't have to be that talented. They don't have to, uh, be the best fighters in the world. But if whoever ends up, uh, knocking a couple people out, moving their way up those brackets and getting into the finals, um, you got a couple names, uh, especially the guy who wins it. Um, to promote and it, it creates something. I mean, Sam Shoemaker, I, I don't know if you're super familiar with him, but uh, he's the guy with the big beard who uh, got a big knockout in the first uh, event over Eric Prindle, former Bellator mm. fighter. Uh, ended up getting to the finals of their tournament, fought in like the first five or six events. Um, and, and again, I don't know if he's a super talented guy. He's, he goes out there and throws big haymakers and, <laughs> um, you know, and knocks people out. And But he made a name for himself and people recognize him because of his looks yeah. and uh, stuff like that. So I think BKFC would be wise to do that, get some younger guys in there, uh, set up a Grand Prix at some weight classes and, and try to introduce some fresh blood. You can always have the Lobovs, the Knights, the Bigfoots, the Gonzagas. All those guys can fight. People will tune in to watch them. But for the longevity of the sport, I think you need to have uh, – some fresh faces and uh, younger guys that uh, fans can attach on to and be fans of five years from now, not necessarily uh, guys like Bigfoot or Gonzaga who essentially may never fight again. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like big, you know, some have a BKFC star, so to speak, somebody that, that comes up through BK, like not, not someone that's, you know, they, they are doing it. They're working on it. If you've seen, if you watch their social and, and and their website, they've definitely done like tryouts and stuff like that. But you know, it's a, there's a fine line between you know the, the tough man competition level striker versus these guys that are coming from the UFC and boxing and stuff like that. You know, um, I th- I think that's why that you know some people like to see the clean technique, some people like to see the brawls, and uh, you know just watching two Rams run into each other. Um, so I guess it depends on who's watching. Obviously, the latter part of that is, is folks like you and I. We like to see some techniques or whatever. But then uh, you get the, the the just bleed Ed and just bleed Matt that want to see, you know, that that, that, that you just want to see. Uh, action. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I when I tune into bare knuckle fighting, I tend to be a little bit more just bleed. <laughs> uh, let's let's put a couple Rams and, and in it, some some bar, barroom brawling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. There's, we, yeah. we have plenty of other sports where you can watch a lot of technique. And I guess that's where, I, to me, it seems like it would be a little easier for, for them to create some guys because you really don't need – you just need to find a butterbean. You don't need to find the best boxer in the world. <laughs> you just need to find a big dude who goes in there, swings for the fences, yeah. and knocks people out. Um, and, and obviously, if, if butterbean ever stepped in the, the ring at the time with Riddick Bower or Vander Holyfield, he was going to have a lot of a lot of friggin' problems. But yeah. – 
in his four round world of fighting, you know, uh, milkmen and shit, he was able to, to, to lay some fools out. So that's that's what you know. That's what I think that they really should go for. I, I don't. I don't think we should try to act like these are the best uh, strikers ever to walk this planet. I mean, yeah. anybody can watch Art of Lobov's MMA career, and we know what we're getting out of him. He's a tough son of a bitch who takes a good punch, and he stands in there, and he, he takes two to land one. And when he lands one, it tends to be a pretty strong stri- strong strike. So, I mean, that's what it is, I, and, and that's why he's been successful. So it would be, be interesting to see what they, what they come up with. Um, I don't know if you create some kind of contender series, like a, a small little circuit <laughs> where they put it on their Facebook page. Maybe they have three yeah, fights. Yeah. Maybe, you know, yeah. maybe you put the three YouTube fights thing, every yeah. – Yeah, every every Wednesday you have three bare-knuckle fights or you know, you have a little four-man Grand Prix or something twice a month or something just to just to kind of uh, try to introduce people or get people into it. I, I don't know. Uh, again, I don't know the financial backing behind this. I don't know how they afford to pay for who they have. So – you got to wonder kind of where that money stream is. Uh, I don't know if the owners are just some rich guys. They don't come off as that, but obviously <laughs> they have, they obviously have some money. So um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this well eventually dries up. If uh, I, I don't know, I, I, we're 10 events in, yeah, well, we've seen some of their other competition kind of fall to the wayside. They're really the only big bare knuckle show in town. I know Ken Shamrock's got his event. Uh, I shouldn't say that Valor, Valor, uh, BKFC or Balor FC or whatever the yeah. heck he calls it. But um, I know they have another show in January, but they haven't even put out a date yet. Uh, just a month. So that's always a little fishy when you, when you don't have a date, uh, yeah. you know, like I mean, two it, it looks like they're, they're getting money from somewhere. I mean, like you said, we don't know where, but um, if you saw when I covered a uh, Bellator 231, uh, 231, 232, that double, that double header weekend when I was in Connecticut, I spoke with uh, Beck Rollins who um, it's on the MMA news YouTube channel. And uh, one of the things I asked her was, you know, um, what, why, why back come back to MMA? You were doing so well in, in bare knuckle, and she kind of said, like, well, my contract was up, and and there's more money here. So that's interesting because I don't yeah. think she gets a huge amount for Bellator, but who knows? We'll see. Uh, it's fights. We we love it, um, and I like the the different uh, different avenues of fighting. Like I said, we started the show off talking about grappling, UFC. Uh, your MMA, boxing, kickboxing. We got a little oh. bit of everything nowadays. Yeah. Speaking of which, I mean, did you see? Uh, I know it's not till December. We should have uh, in December. You Fight Pass is going to have a, a lot of. I mean, obviously they're going to have the submission underground thing. But did you see the event for Quintet? Uh, the UFC versus Strike First versus WEC versus Pride. I did see that. I saw the teams. Some of the teams were a little shaky for the first couple fighters. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I love Sakuraba and Gomi, but. Those guys aren't hanging with uh, with some of the big dog grapplers. I mean, if we start seeing, but I guess I guess we're not going to see guys like Gary Tonin and and uh, Craig Jones. Those guys aren't MMA fighters in those organizations. So right. I know Sean O'Malley and and I, you know Sean O'Malley and uh, what Anthony Rumble Johnson. So we're not exactly talking. Um, it's class, MMA yeah. fighters, which so it'll be fun to watch because uh, you won't have guys just cleaning house against. Uh, yeah, yeah, it should be fun and, though. I mean, I'm I definitely like it. No, I love the idea, uh, and uh, leave it up to Sakuraba to to pull that together uh, so quickly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. saw the date and I was like, wow, we're we're that's like three weeks away, or you know, three and a half, four weeks away. So that'll be fun. Uh, 
but yeah, man, busy weekend uh, coming up here. Uh, look forward to uh, watching as much as I can and talking about it next week. Uh, fans can follow us at Combat Hour on Twitter, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram, myself at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter, at Carbeerzal on Instagram. Ed, until next time, man, have a good rest of the week. You too, man. Take it light.